Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Mark, and we are in chapter 4. This chapter begins with the parable of the sower, could be found in Matthew and Luke as well. It says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching, he said, and this is Jesus' words written in red, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still another seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even a 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. So he told them, and again, Jesus' words written in red, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. And here he's quoting Isaiah in chapter 6. He says, They may be ever seen, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like the seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like the seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even a 100 times what was sown. Now the next parable is entitled, A Lamp on a Stand. He then said to them, Do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. The next parable is entitled the parable of the growing seed. Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. 
Then the next parable he speaks of is the parable of the mustard seed. It can also be found in Matthew and Luke. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed that you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds of the air can perch in its shade. So he's saying the kingdom may have started off small, maybe just his words and the words of the twelve. But then it covered the entire earth. Now verse 33 says, With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Now moving on to the next section, Jesus calms the storm. It can also be found in Matthew and Luke. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves quiet be still then the wind died down and it was completely calm he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith and they were terrified and they asked each other who is this even the wind and the waves obey him even the wind and the waves obey him all creation is subject to Jesus. Now moving on to chapter 5, it begins with the healing of a demon-possessed man. It can also be found in Matthew and in Luke. It says they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes, where Jesus got out of the boat. A man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with the stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And this is the demon's response. Then he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd was about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, 
dressed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. So they're obviously scared about what happened. And more than that, they're upset because of the financial loss of these pigs. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Now the final part of this section is entitled A Dead Girl and a Sick Woman. This can also be found in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, this would have been an especially horrible disease for this woman to have because anyone who was bleeding was considered ceremonially unclean and no one would have been allowed to touch her. And so what did she do? It says that when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. So here's someone who no one's allowed to touch. And yet she understood the power of touch. And she reached out and thought, even his clothes, even his clothes would be able to heal me just simply by the overflow of his presence. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? They think, well, there's a big crowd. Clearly, a lot of people have bumped into you. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John. John is the brother of James, it clarifies. But these were the three that Jesus was the closest with, Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. 
After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Now, what Jesus says to her is in Aramaic, so you'll have to pardon me if I don't pronounce it correctly. But he took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kom, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. So Mark is the only gospel writer who preserves this transcript in Aramaic, which is one of the languages of Palestine at that time. We know also that the disciples, Jesus, also would have been speaking Hebrew and Greek as well as Aramaic. And that ends chapter 5, and we will pick up next time in Mark chapter 6.